Hello, my friend. My name is Haley Peters. I am your host of At the Bedside, and I am so happy that you're here. This podcast, I want this to be a safe space for us to come together and talk, to share our stories, to empower each other, to educate each other, and to help each other learn to heal from the things that are hard to talk about. Right. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of At the Bedside. I'm here with my friend Maddie and she is going to share a little bit of her birth story today. I'm trying to remember how I think we just got connected on Facebook. Um, I know that you, you, I don't think you became a nurse the same year as me. I think it was. Oh, I think you were the year ahead of like the class ahead of me. Yeah. I know that we were like kind of going similar at the same time. Um, and we just yeah. kind of connected from that. And then our babies are the same age and yes. it's been fun. <laughs> but, <I know. laughs> but she is going to share her story today. And if you want to take it away and kind of just introduce yourself a little bit. Okay. My name is Maddie. I am a, um, I'm a registered nurse, just like Haley. Um, I worked labor and delivery right outside or right out of nursing school, um, I worked two years before I had my son, and uh, it was definitely totally different being on the patient side. I I always go back and say I wish I had had him before I worked as a labor and delivery nurse mm-hmm. because I think not that I wasn't, you know, what's the word? Not that I didn't have sympathy for any, you know, patient, but it's, t- it's totally different when you go through it yourself. Yeah. All the unknowns. And even though I was a nurse going through it, it, there was still, it was still scary. Like having so much unknown about birth and your pregnancy and everything. And I still questioned everything. Yeah. So, which I'm sure you did also, but so I'll just start with my um, birth story. So So I did not deliver where I worked. Um, I had been going to my doctor. So I worked in Gainesville and I had been going to my doctor in Tallahassee um, since I was like 15. And so Mm -hmm. 10 plus years. And so I was like, I'm just going to stick with him. Like I'm good with him. Um, I had left. So I stopped working in November and I had my son January 1st. um, And I was only an hour away from my hospital, but where I delivered. Um, but so it was New Year's Eve. (laughs) Yes, I was due. Do you have a holiday baby, right? Yeah. The 26th of December. Okay. So you get it. (laughs) Yeah. So I was due January 7th. I was like, I just need to make it through Christmas. If I can make it through Christmas, I'm good. (laughs) So I made it through Christmas. I went to my 38 week appointment, I guess it was like the day after Christmas or like a couple of days afterwards, whatever day that, that fell, that fell on that Monday. And he was like, you're only one centimeter. Like it's your first baby. He's like, he, he told me like, he's not dropping. Like mm-hmm. I don't actually, he told me a centimeter and a wiggle. I was oh. like, oh, so you're just trying to be nice at this point. <laughs> and so we had kind of discussed the, like my options and stuff. And I was like, I don't want induction and I don't want a C-section. Mm-hmm. And, so after we had talked about that, he's like, you know, he's not dropping. I think he has a big head. Backstory, my husband has a very, very large head. He's a big man. Um, I don't know, like, the full details, but I know he broke a vacuum when he was born. Oh, gosh. So initially, I was uh, scared. And I'm not, like, a very, very big person. So I was like, 
okay, well, I'm going to try to do this. Like my only, my only wish was that I didn't need a vacuum during delivery. <laughs> and so that was my goal. And so, so I was like, so I went home and I did all the things I walked, I bounced on the ball. Like I did all the things going to labor. I got like a special massage done on my legs, like all these things. I'm like, I'm not having a big baby. <laughs> and so and he was measuring like two weeks ahead, which, you know, they, I feel like they all say that they're measuring big, you know, whatever. So New Year's Eve rolls around and I took a nap, which I never take naps. Like that, that is not like me. And my family had gone golfing. My husband and my parents had gone to play golf and I was like, I'll just stay home, whatever. So I, I took a nap. They had just gotten home. It was like 5 p.m. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up, go to the bathroom, and then I'll come back and we'll like cook dinner and like watch football and stuff. So I went to go to the bathroom. I went to go pee. I peed. I stood up and I was still peeing. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I looked down. And I was like, did my water just break? I knew it broke. Like I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I know what it smells like. I know what it looks like. I knew what it was, but I was so like, of course, as I'm at my parents' house, I run out to the, and by the way, we were living at my parents' house. We were building a house at the time. So we were like in transition living somewhere else. Yeah. And so I run out to the kitchen. I was like, my water broke. And my husband literally was in the recliner, didn't even put the like foot down, jumped up out of the recliner, (laughs) ran into the, ran into the bathroom and was going to take a shower and I was like okay um no need to rush my water just broke and I walk in there and he's laying on the floor of the shower like Mm -hmm. laying on the ground he's like my heart rate is like 170 is that okay And I'm like no it's not you need to calm down like chill out for a second so then anyways he about left me leaving for the hospital because he was so nervous I was not nervous at all I was like I'm not contracting I was one centimeter last week I'm not having this baby on the side of the road like I'm nowhere near delivery like it's fine so my, scared. yes my fluid was clear like it was fine yeah. so then we get to the hospital so back another backstory my doctor delivers at two hospitals in Tallahassee both of them and COVID had just shut down the hospital I was supposed to deliver at where they had one visitor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way he can do this by himself. Like, there's no way he has to have backup. So then I was like, take me to the other hospital. Oh, <laughs> so we went to the hospital and the waiting room is full. Like for just to get into triage. Like I waited three hours to be seen. Gosh. Just in triage. And I look at him and I said, if I peed myself. And I did my work. I, I, I'm going to be so mad right now because waiting three hours on New Year's Eve, like this is ridiculous. So then I finally got into the, got into the triage room and they were like, you know, going through everything. And I was like, I don't really know. Like, she's like, put me up to the monitor. And he's like, are you going to tell them that you're a labor and delivery nurse? Or are you just going to let them just keep like talking <laughs> you through things? And I'm like, I mean, I didn't want to like insult them and like, I, like I do ever like, you know, yeah. and, and they're like, you were going to let me when I'm so busy sit here and educate you on a monitor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't want to be rude. Yeah. Like, and you don't know if your water broke. And I was like, I mean, I think it did. <laughs> I was just trying to be super nice to them. Yeah. And she's like, your water broke. Oh my gosh, you're getting admitted, whatever. So they came and checked <laughs> me and I was like, I think I would think she had said I was like almost a two at that point. So like, I and like the second I got in that bed 
and triage, I started contracting. Like, so it was like perfect timing. So like, thankfully I was contracting at that point. And so then I waited about an hour. They finally got me into a labor room. Um, and my poor nurse had me and another person in active labor who was like about to deliver. And so this was like probably like 10, around 10 PM at this point, whenever like I finally got checked in and like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, I'm good. Just let me be. I'll call you if I need you. You have other patients that are literally about to deliver. I'm good. Like, I'll call you. So, okay, cool. So then, and like, they let me kind of do, um, like be, be off the monitor for a while and just kind of like, like hang out and walk around the room and stuff. And probably got to be like really uncomfortable a few hours later. It's almost midnight. And, um, maybe not, maybe this is after midnight. Anyways, I know I missed the ball dropping. I was mad. It was like, well, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like 12.02. I missed, I missed New Year's, like, like New Year's Day, whatever, like the ball dropping. Um, but anyway, so like the midwife came in and she was like, do you want me to check you? And I was like, sure. So she came in and checked me and, um, I guess I had a four bag and she got that. And I'm telling you, I was like, this baby's about to come out. Like, I'm like. I'm like about to die. She's like, well, you're five centimeters. You went, you went really quickly in the past couple hours. I was like, I need the epidural now. Like I I went full cray cray. Like it went from like being like chill, like, oh yeah, like I'm contracting to like full on, like I'm about to die. So then I finally got my epidural. I finally was able to sleep a little bit. I was thinking this is going to go fast. I'm already five. I'm going to get an epidural and it's going to like, I'm going to relax. It's going to speed it up a little more. Well, by like 10 that morning, after shift change and everything came in, I was only eight. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? So I guess they had just kind of like talked to me a little bit. They were like, listen, like he, I think he's OP, sunny side up. I think he's asynclitic, like all the things. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I was like, this is just my luck. Yeah. And so... I finally, he was on like a nerve, I guess, because I had just, I started like the worst pain. My epidural would not work in one spot on my hip and it hurt so bad. And so at this point, the midwife was with me and she just kept coming in, checking. She's like, you're just not progressing. Like you're just not progressing. And so I was like, I don't want a C-section. Like I just, whatever you got, like, I, at this point I've been in labor for a while. I don't want a C-section. Yeah. And so they had the IUPC, which is, you know, for people listening that don't know what that is, it's, it's a, um, they can monitor your contractions from the inside. They can tell exactly how strong they are. Um, he did not need the FSC. So that was good. Yeah. Um, but I also started to have like some kind of like, I have a fever, but they kind of suspected maybe choreo coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I had all the things and then so I'm antibiotics and Pitocin to kind of get things going, whether that just made everything worse, of course. But I did progress to a 10. Um, so let's see, this was probably, so that was like 10 a.m. Finally at like 11. I think I started pushing around 11. She finally, came, the midwife finally came in and was like, all right, let's just start pushing. Let's just see what happens. Because he wasn't dropping still. He was asynclitic. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was in the worst pain of my entire life. Like, I can't even, like, explain it. And I know I had an epidural. But, like, 
I now totally a thousand percent believe every single patient when they said I'm hurting so bad. I'm like, you have an epidural, like, you know, and I know it can be worse without the epidural, but I have never in my life felt that pain. And I, you know, they say you forget and you do forget a little bit, but I still remember that. Like it, it was, it was bad. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. Um, so then I was pushing for a while. The pain just wasn't going away. Well, then everybody just kind of like left the room. Oh, like, I'm like, where'd everybody go? Like, <laughs> and I guess they had, the midwife had decided to like stop pushing for a little bit and then, and call the doctor to see if like, cause she was across town at the other hospital to see if she could come in and do a vacuum because I, I was begging. I was like, you've got to do something. I was like, I, I can't keep going. This is, I pushed for probably two hours at this point. And I was like, I can't keep going. I'm exhausted. I haven't eaten. Like I've been up all night. So that point the doctor got there and I mean, I have no idea how long the vacuum was on my child, but it felt like forever. Yeah. Um, his heart rate never dropped. Thankfully. Yeah. Never had to worry about that. Didn't have like any pop off to the vacuum. He just literally was, I mean, that doctor was working hard to get him out. So then finally I was like, just gotta do whatever you have to do. I was like, please just cut me. So I had the PCOTomy also. Gosh. And a vacuum. <laughs> what I said I didn't want, but, and honestly, like his head wasn't even that big. Like, I don't remember exact the exact measurement of his head, but he was a, he was definitely asynclinic. So like the vacuum was over here on his, like, it was like on the side of his head to get him out. So, and he, I mean, anyways, it was, it was terrible. Finally came out. I mean, I was, I lay there for probably close to an hour while they were stitching me up. Like Mm -hmm. I was hurting so bad just from being in that like position. Um, epidural had worn off. I mean, after they like stitched me up and, um, I was able to get right up and go to the bathroom. Like I was like, I don't think epidural worked to the extent that it should have. <laughs> and also when they put in my epidural, I told them, I was like, I only feel it on one side. And yeah. they were like, 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 right. Whenever she did it. And she was like, that's normal. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like rolling my eyes, like, okay. <laughs> But yeah, it definitely did not work on my left side very well, but it was fine. So recovered well, everything went over to the postpartum unit and ended up staying three nights because he was so jaundiced from the vacuum. Oh gosh. But he never needed lights, which was like the weirdest thing to me was that his levels were like just under like the levels of needing lights, but like they kept keeping us. So I'm like, just please go home. Like... Let me just go. Yes. And he was like, the doctor kind of gave me the choice. He was like, well, we can keep him, keep both of y'all. And that way, if he does need lights tonight or tomorrow, you're already here. You don't have to get readmitted or you can go home. And I was like, well, then like may as well stay. If you think he's, there's a chance he can get readmitted and with COVID everything shutting down. What if I couldn't come back? Like, or my husband couldn't come like right as of right now, like we're all here. So we stayed, we stayed three nights, um, but that was, I mean, that's pretty much the, the short version of my birth story. <laughs> he ended up being fine. Never needed lights for jaundice or anything, but yeah, but yeah, definitely different being on the patient side of it. I do, I do remember um, your nurse instincts do kind of kick in a little bit, like even like when you're in the middle of it. 
I remember the nurse, the charge nurse came in, you know, the, the whole NICU team's in there because they talk vacuum and, you know, all that. And so the charge nurse, I saw her, like, I opened my eyes for like a second in the middle of screaming. And I saw her bring a stool to my side. I looked at my mom and I said, if she says move, you better move. Yeah. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I mean it. I think they were like so worried that he just was just a big baby, but it was just his position. Like he was seven pounds, 15 ounces, like not huge, but not small. Um, but yeah, his position just did me wrong. <laughs> it's, it's like the nurse curse. Like they say, like you had yep. all the things go wrong and everything, the, the positioning, yeah. the jaundice, the epidural, like everything that you don't want to happen happens. <laughs> It did. Yes. And, you know, I'm so thankful that I went into labor naturally. I was 39 weeks. I had him at 30, 39 and one. Like I am very thankful. I didn't have to be induced. I didn't have any issues during my pregnancy. Like mm-hmm. I'm thankful for all those things, but they all, everything else hit me during my labor. <laughs> I got all the things. Yeah. Everything is so different being on the patient side. Like you said, it's kind yeah. of, like, I mean, my, when I had my C-section, they were like wheeling me back. And I'm like, I know the sequence of events. I know everything that's about, yeah. to happen, but it's still like you're laying there and you're like, what's going on? Like, even though I know exactly what they're doing. Right. Like terrifying. It's like, I've never, that was my first time I ever had surgery. I was like, I've never been. Yeah. Side of it. And- well, and like, another thing is that so every single birth story is so, so different. Like even for yourself, like each one of your kids will be so different. So like, and that's how I had to look at it is that even though that person that came in that had a first time baby that I remember very well, I remember a specific patient that I had with her pushing. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, like it was so bad, you know, but I remind myself like that will not, that doesn't have to be me. You know what I mean? Like just because I'm a first time mom and my first baby, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely different. <laughs> That's what I even tell like patients that call like the triage line now when they're on like, you know, their third or fourth kid and they're calling with symptoms of stuff that they've never experienced before. Yeah. Like, had three other babies and this has never happened. I'm like, well, every single one of them is going to do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy. You know, you can be so prepared. You can have done this a million times yeah. and it's still going to be different there's still going to be something that is you're not going to quite understand you know right exactly exactly I don't think I missed it I'm sure I missed something but my husband actually ended up doing okay he only had to step away a couple times oh gosh did he cut the cord (laughs) he did yes he did (laughs) he made it through I remember my mother-in-law it was my mom my mother-in-law and my husband in the room and I remember her fanning him and fanning me. I'm like, I'm like, are you serious right now? <laughs> are you kidding? I was like, see, if you had listened to my stories from when I worked, you might be a little more prepared right now. Like if you had like listened to me, but he did not want to hear anything. He thinks it's gross and like doesn't want to think about it. But yeah, he made it through without, without passing out. He almost did, but he did not pass out. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I know my husband, when I was working bedside, my husband never wanted to hear any stories. And I'm like, well, you kind of, when I got pregnant, I was like, well, you kind of need to listen because I need to know this is going to be you boss. Yep. 
I know the first time my OB checked me at an appointment, my husband's eyes got as big as his head. He was like, oh my gosh. See, he grew up around cows, like on a farm. And yeah. he was like, so he used to like, you know, they call it like preg checking cows and whatever. And he, and he was like, that's just so different. Like, he's like, this is different. I was like, yeah, it's different. Like, of course it is. <laughs> Duh. Fun fact, I've actually checked a cow. Oh, well, I have not. I definitely have not. My husband was in uh, vet tech school and he had to go to like a farm and they had to, they had like a farm animal section where they had to go like do like cows and horses and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go. And then they <laughs> when, let you do that. Yeah. When they were there, oh my um, gosh. a farmer, I guess a farmer, I guess he was yeah. like, want to check. And I was like, heck yeah. Like my husband didn't even really want to check. And I was like, yeah, oh gosh. Gosh. I'm, I'm ready. That is so funny. Up to my yes. yes yeah this is different than a person that's yeah, for sure. definitely different yep it's fine yep. but it's been see I stopped working bedside in 2020 so it's been three years since I've checked any service oh, yeah I've been let's see I stopped working November 2021 so it's been almost two years yeah so. Sometimes I'm like, oh, would I still even know what to do? <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, would I even know what I was feeling for? But I feel like it's something you never forget, honestly. Yeah. Like the labor and delivery OB world is just another, it's like a, just, what's the, I don't know what the word to describe it as, but it's something you will never forget. <laughs> yeah. And like you said it, at the beginning, it's it's not that you don't have compassion if you've never been through it, but. I could relate to patients so much more now yes. than before because they would ask, yes. you know, well, what do, what is this going to feel like? What does it feel like getting an epidural? What did this feel like? And I'm like, I, I can I tell you what I've had other patients tell me. Right, exactly. Yes. And like a lot of patients would say, well, do you have kids? And I'm like, well, no, but uh, <laughs> answering that, I'm like, I, I was like, I promise, like, I know what I'm doing though. I can still help you. <laughs> I can still help you. Yeah. But yeah, that's like my biggest, I always say, I wish I would have had a kid before working labor and delivery. Like it just, it's totally different. I missed something like I was trying to refresh my brain, but. Well, it's been two years. So we'll, yeah, we'll let you slide. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like I literally, it's almost November and Avery will be two in December. I'm like, what is going on right now? I'm like, how are you this old? And I always said that like I wanted another kid when my first one turned two, and now I'm like, oh, it's creeping up. I don't know. <laughs> I know exactly. So I had said I wanted them two years apart, mm -hmm. and then he turned one, and I said nope, <laughs> nope. And then he turned eighteen months, and I was like, maybe soon. But, like, I feel like the older he gets, the easier he gets, like, in, in different ways. Like, we're able to do more and, like, go places more and, like, we take one nap a day instead of, like, two or three naps a day. And so we can kind of, but he, I can reason with him a little better. Like, yeah. we're going to put our shoes because we're going to the park. We don't need to throw a fit to put on shoes. You know, so it's a little easier in that aspect. Um but it definitely is harder in some ways. Like you're busier because they're busier. Yeah. 
I can't even keep up with her like social schedule. I'm like, we have gymnastics one day and then we go to the library and we go to the park some days. And I'm like, I, you, you do more than I do. Like I don't I know. Know because of you. I know. Right. I know, but it's good to stay busy and it keeps you sane. Yeah. That's to not just stay at the house all day long. Yeah. My husband asked me the other day, we were, we were out at gymnastics and then we went and did something else. And he's like, are you going to come home? Like, are you an, do I have a family anymore? (laughs) You're like, nope, never coming home. Like, well, you know, we kind of have to leave because I don't leave for work. You know, we just leave to go do different things. Like we got to get out of the house at some point or we're going to go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We, I like to go and do for sure. I like to be home at nap time, but like go and do the rest of the, like, especially in the mornings to keep us busy. (laughs) Well, Maddie, thank you for being here and thank you for being so open and vulnerable and sharing your story. I will tag Maddie's Instagram in the show notes so that you can give her a follow and make sure that you are following at the dot bedside on Instagram for all sorts of fun stuff, future episode releases and announcements. Hope you're having a great day and thanks for listening.